Hello everyone and welcome to episode 9 of Added Time, a Games and Grab Studio podcast hosted by me, Steve Watkins. Now, shortly I'm going to be going through the results from the previous weekend's Premier League football and later on in the episode I will be talking about the upcoming England games and the England squad that was announced last week. But the main portion of this podcast is going to be taken up by what the hell is going on at Leicester City. I was going to save the Leicester City podcast for when Brendan Rodgers gets sacked. But as I sit here now on the 22nd of September, he still has a job. Unless he, of course, gets sacked whilst I'm recording this or in the time between the recording ending and the podcast being released, which, knowing my luck, will probably happen. But nonetheless, I'm going to talk about it at length. I'm going to... I'm just going to go in, go in on him and the team, but I'm also going to put, play a little bit of devil's advocate as well. So before we go into that, I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone that's listened to uh, last week's episode and a big thank you for anyone that has been here from episode one. It's greatly, greatly appreciated. And next week for episode 10, which I feel like is a bit of a milestone uh, I'm hoping to get a, a a guest on, a friend of mine who uh, has an affiliation with a team that is playing in a rather important game next weekend, but I will leave that for then. So last weekend, I will whiz through these results. I won't go into too much detail uh, because I really want to get into the Leicester City stuff. So last Friday... Aston Villa versus Southampton, 1-0 to Aston Villa, possibly the worst game of football I have watched in living memory. Absolutely awful. What a terrible, terrible game. And there is not an Aston Villa fan or a Southampton fan that I have seen or spoken to that thinks that this was a good game. It was bloody awful. So we'll move on to the other game that was played last Friday and where the Sky cameras probably should have been. And that was at the City ground. Forest went 2-0 up and they lost 3-2 to Fulham. So pressure is starting to mount. Unbelievably, pressure is starting to mount on Steve Cooper. And as I will obviously talk about later, Nottingham Forest next game, Leicester City at the King Power. Moving on to Saturday... Wolves were beaten 3-0 by Man City and yes, Erling Haaland did score, of course he did. Uh, Wolves had a man sent off uh, because for some reason he wanted to uh, karate kick Jack Grealish uh, right in the groin. So yeah, red card. Newcastle won, Bournemouth won. So Newcastle, look, they're, they're drawing a lot of games at the moment. But I think Eddie Howe's getting away with it just because the fans are starting to see, they are starting to see progress. I do feel that if Steve Bruce had have had this sort of start with all these draws, the fans would be calling for his head. But there we go. Uh, I, I get it. There's a whole lot of other stuff going on with Newcastle that makes the situation different to, to maybe this time last year. So uh, a good result for Bournemouth. Uh, a managerless still. Uh, they don't. They have not replaced Scott Parker as we speak. Tottenham six, Leicester City two. I will talk about that in more depth a little bit later on. 
On to Sunday, Brentford were beaten 3-0 by the champions-elect Arsenal and Everton beat West Ham 1-0. So that was Everton's first win of the season, but it does leave West Ham in the bottom three. So not a great start for West Ham. And they will be looking to pick up some points fairly soon. Uh, David Moyes surely, surely has plenty of credit in the bank, if you get what I'm saying. So they were last weekend's fixtures. A very uh, truncated weekend of, of games because we had we had fixtures postponed due to not enough policing, we are, we're led to believe, because of the Queen's funeral that happened earlier this week. So there's some fixtures to catch up on. So the league table looks a little bit wobbly as well in terms of games played and, and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, we will, we'll see when those fixtures are played. I was really looking forward to Liverpool-Chelsea or Chelsea-Liverpool, whichever way round it was. And I was really looking forward to United-Leeds because it's always a, a, a big game because of the rivalry that there is between those two teams. So... That was the fixtures, or the results, from last weekend. Now, it is time for me to talk about Leicester. So, as I've just mentioned, they were beaten 6-2 at the weekend by Spurs. Now, you will look at that result and think, oh my God, Leicester are in massive, massive trouble. And they're going to get relegated. And they've took an absolute hammer in. Now, all of that is true. We were hammered. We do look in big, big trouble and we do look like we are going to be relegated. So not only do we have the record, unfortunate record, of most goals conceded after seven games in Premier League history, I'm also led to believe that it is a record for top flight football ever. We're talking old Division 1 stuff here, pre-1992, because football wasn't invented in 1992, as people over the age of 40 like to remind you of. I know I'm close to 40, but, you know, I got into football around 92. So it's been an absolutely terrible, terrible start for Leicester. Rogers still has has a job and I fully expected him to be sacked by now because uh, to lose 6-2 whether you think it was deserved or not or whether you know I, I, I just could not see him surviving that and I fully expected either an announcement on Sunday or maybe on Tuesday morning, because obviously they were never going to announce anything on Monday because of what was going on elsewhere in the world that day. Now, a phrase that I have heard a lot over the last few weeks is, from the outside looking in, blah, blah, blah. So, from the outside looking in, what do you expect Rogers to achieve when he hasn't been backed in the summer? Absolutely true. 100% true. He's not been a, he, he's brought in two players. One was a deadline day signing of a center back who for the previous god knows how many weeks of the window his name was not mentioned once. 
And then a third choice goalkeeper in Alex Smithies, who is there just to kind of make up the numbers. No disrespect to him. Football manager legend. So two signings. No, he hasn't been backed. And Fafana was sold. But let's face it, he had to be because he was refusing to train. And it's just sometimes better, as James Madison put in a, in a tweet to a Leicester fan, sometimes it is just better to allow the player to leave. And obviously, Casper Smichel was allowed to go without a replacement coming in. And for any Leicester fan out there that thought Smichel's time was up and it was time for Danny Ward to be our number one goalkeeper, I hope you're frantically deleting those tweets. In fact, I better check I've not actually put something like that. But I'm sorry, but Danny Ward is not good enough. So yes, on the outside looking in, it may look like, okay, well, what do you want Rogers to do? He hasn't been backed. He won you the FA Cup. Yes, but we are no longer the FA Cup holders. Someone else has won it since then. That is now history. Remember... Claudio Ranieri, yeah, the guy that won the Premier League title for Leicester, with Leicester, yeah, he got sacked. Now, I think what's happening right now is far, far worse, or the results, I should say, are far, far worse than anything that we saw under Ranieri. And by the way, a lot of people forget that under Ranieri, by the time Ranieri was sacked, Leicester were actually in the bottom three. Albeit they were still in the Champions League and they did get through to the quarterfinals, but we were in the bottom three and it looked it looked perilous. And under Claude Puel, he was sacked actually for a lot, lot less than this. With Claude Puel, it was just the fact that uh, the football was absolutely terrible. There was no sign of progression and a very talented manager in Brendan Rodgers was very much available. And that's what happened. Now, Brendan Rodgers for me is a brilliant football manager he's he is very very good and when he came in and took over from Claude Puel it was an absolute breath of fresh air I have never wanted to go football the least as when Claude Puel was in charge I hope that made sense I missed I purposefully missed games because I could not sit and watch that boring, boring football under Claude Puel. So Puel is sacked and Brendan Rodgers is very, very swiftly appointed. Within within two or three days of Puel being sacked, Rodgers took the hot seat. And he steadied the ship a little bit and it was just a huge breath of fresh air because Puel, like I say, was just so boring. Uh, his interviews were boring. Everything about him was boring. And Rodgers came in and he found a different way uh, of playing, slightly quicker. Uh, Vardy looked like a completely different player again. And then the start of his full season, which was the 1920 season, we finished fifth. And we were fourth for most of the season, but in the second half of the season, we did seem to drop away a little bit. But if you say to any Leicester fan, you're going to finish fifth this season you absolutely snapped their hand off. Even the year after we won the league, you would have snapped their hand off. And then the following season, 2021, obviously that was a full season with with no fans in the ground. 
And again, we were absolutely brilliant. You know, we were picking up big wins away at Man City, away at Tottenham, you know, away at, at Arsenal. And everything just seemed fantastic. And any time uh, a job came up, especially from a big six club, Roger's name was linked all the time. And again, the same thing happened. We were fourth for most of the season and then we end up falling away, chucking away results, looking very, very fragile in defence and we end up finishing fifth. And the worrying thing was, is there were signs then that defensively we didn't look great. But we finished fifth and we won the FA Cup. So he, Rogers absolutely had credit in the bank. A phrase I've used already, but he, he already had that. He had that because Leicester had never won the FA Cup and this was the first time that we did it. And it was, I'm, I'm just so glad I was able to be there to witness that and to see that because uh, I, I don't know whether it will happen again in my lifetime. And it, you know, it, it was the first game that I went to post-COVID. So yeah, it, it, it was amazing. But the disappointing thing was that, again, once again, we failed to qualify for the Champions League when we were in the top four for most of the season. But for two seasons in a row, we disrupted the top six. And we're one of, we're one of only probably two teams that have done that for two seasons in a row. So there was an air of consistency there, but there was also an air of concern because we were conceding a lot of goals and we would lose to teams that ordinarily you think we would beat. So we beat Man City 5-2 at the Etihad, but then we went and lost to West Ham, who, okay, had a great season. And then we lost to Fulham, who got relegated at home. Now, for me, I'd rather lose to Man City and win the two home games. You're three points better off. And then the start of last season, 21-22, a very strange season, you know, and this is where we've really started to see. And when you look back at things and look back at stats and different things, you start to realise actually Leicester have been sleepwalking into relegation for the best part of 18 months. Lots of goals conceded, lots of points dropped from winning positions, an absolutely terrible Europa uh, League campaign yet we dropped into the conference league and yes we got to the semi-final but we didn't deserve to get to the final we wouldn't have deserved to have won that trophy and all it would have done is papered over the cracks you know last season we had that unfortunate of another absolutely terrible um, stat where we conceded something ridiculous like 20 odd goals from corners and this is where the uh, questions were being raised about Casper about whether he was good enough, had he still got it anymore. But form did start to pick up and we ended up finishing eighth. But actually, we finished we, we finished the season closer to the bottom three than we did uh, the top six, just about. Well, it wasn't much in it, if anything. It was, it was you know, there or thereabouts. And that season, we conceded 59 goals, which was more than Burnley, and Burnley got relegated. 
And then we all know what has happened this season. But just going back onto last season, the frustrating thing was, you know, you could see that we have got quality players and we could score goals. So we had more we, we scored more goals than West Ham United and Arsenal last season, but they all finished above us. We went 2-0 up at home to Napoli, drew 2-2. Um, we were 2-1 up with literally a minute to go against Spurs at home. We lost 3-2. We got absolutely battered 4-0 by Forrest in the FA Cup. And at that point, that is the point where where the fans were starting to really turn on Rodgers and were saying he's got to go. And a lot of fans are saying now, well, look, I said he should have gone. He should have gone after that Forrest game. And, and things didn't look great. And then obviously, I've, I've talked about this before, but Rogers came out and said, look, I've, I've got to rebuild this squad. And we fast forward and we all know that he hasn't been able to do that for, for, for various reasons and for actually, for sound financial reasons. So I just wanted to <laughs> just put a few things together that kind of highlight actually that, despite, you know, some good results and despite a Europa League, well, sorry, Europa Conference League semi-final, that actually Leicester have been sleepwalking into relegation since the start of last season. So in 2022, so this year alone, Leicester have won seven games out of 27. Seven wins, seven draws, 28 points. The only team that was in the Premier League last season is now there. This season, uh, is uh, the only team that's got a worse record than that is Everton. If you look at Leicester's last 36 games, which is obviously a, um, a pretty much a, a full of, uh, sorry, 38 games, it's around a point a game. So, you know, you, you, you're looking at somewhere around 38, 39 points over a season which could see you safe, but it doesn't fill you with great confidence. You know, you you could get 43 points and finish 11th, but you could also get 43 points and finish 17th. Um, there's not many teams go down on more than 40 points. West Ham did it once, unfortunately for them. Um, since the start of the 21-22 season, Leicester have won four games away out of 23. Shocking. Worst start of any Premier League team after seven games. Most goals conceded. I've already mentioned that one. Um, over 20 goals conceded from set pieces since the start of last season. And last season, 21 points dropped from winning positions. Now, we gained 10 points from losing positions last season. So, if you count the difference 11 points that would have put us comfortably sixth above Man United and we're in the Europa League maybe and that may may have been the difference but you know it's 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 just not good and already this season Leicester have dropped 11 points from winning positions they were winning against Brentford drew 2-2 they were winning against Southampton at home lost 2-1 they were winning against Brighton away lost 5-2 Winning at the weekend, lost six two. 
Now, the reason I think that Rodgers is potentially still in the job is because actually our three away games this season uh, have been, or sorry, our four, three or four away games this season. We've played Arsenal, we've played Chelsea, um, and uh, we've played Tottenham away. And then Brighton as well, and Brighton uh, obviously flying at the minute. Uh, Graham Potter's last game in charge, coincidentally. Uh, so we've had a tough start in terms of away games, but for me, there's no excuses as to why we've dropped so many points at home already, especially when in two of those home games we were we were ahead and we should have gone on to win those games. The Man United game for me could have gone either way, as we've already spoken about on previous podcasts, but there you go. There you go. So the, the, the signs were there before last season. So when people say, well, from the outside looking in, Leicester haven't backed Rodgers, blah, blah, blah. This is all stuff that he has had over a season to address. The mentality of not being able to keep hold of a lead. The mentality of not seeing games out. The amount of goals that Leicester have conceded in the last 10 minutes of games and ended up drawing or or losing is, is phenomenal. It's something like 20% of our goals last season were conceded in the last 10 minutes. And that just shows, for me, it just shows a weak mentality. You know, anyone that's played football at any level knows when you're defending a corner, that mentality is this ball is not going to be headed by one of them. I am going to win this ball. If you're the goalkeeper, you're thinking I'm going to come out and I'm going to win that ball. That ball is not going in that net. But we just look so weak from corners and and set pieces and crosses I mean, look, at the weekend, we were we were in the game at 3-2. And, I'm, and that's not just me as a biased Leicester fan saying that. A lot of people have said that Leicester were in it. Leicester looked like the team that, could, you know, looked like they could go and win. And I know this sounds like a really obvious statement, but if we could defend set pieces, we would have been probably 2-0 up by the time that Son came on. And yes, Son came on and scored an amazing 14-minute hat-trick. Two of those goals were absolutely just worlders. Um, and I believe I actually called it on last week's podcast that Kane would score, obviously, and that Son would bag a hat-trick. I think I said that. I'll have to uh, I'll have to find that clip. Um, I hate being right sometimes. There you go. But it's down to Rogers that he hasn't sorted that mentality out. And... It's, it's down to Rodgers, the fact that he bought players last summer that barely feature. So no, he hasn't been backed in this window, but he was backed in the last window. You know, and three of those players that he bought last season barely play. And between them are picking up somewhere between 250 and 280 grand a week between the three of them. He plays Wilfred and Diddy at centre-back when... Uh, we've got Soyuncu and Vestergaard. Whatever you think of Vestergaard, if you play the right system, I'm sure he'd be absolutely fine. He continues to play a, a system with one recognised winger. He persists with Danny Ward, who clearly isn't good enough. He's not played enough football for him to be a number one goalkeeper at a Premier League team. And I'm not just talking about, you know, if we were a newly promoted team, then fair enough. But we're talking about a team that in the last five to six years has become 
what I would like to think as an established Premier League team, we, we've disrupted, you know, we've finished in the top six three times since 2015 or 2016. It's, and won the FA Cup. And, and I think the thing with me, with Danny Ward, people might think I'm being a bit harsh, but he just does not look like a very good goalkeeper. He doesn't dive. Okay, he made an amazing save at the weekend. He tipped it onto the bar. But there's a couple of these goals that have looked like worldies. And they are worldies, but they've been made to look so much better because he's barely moved. He looks like he's diving out. He looks like he's scared of the ball. And again, you know, I would like to think that... Who who's allowed Casper Michael to leave without a number one goalkeeper coming in first? Because he had a year left on his contract, and I get he probably thinks I need a new challenge, and you know Nice seemingly have a, a bit of money because they've made some they've made some interesting signings. Probably offered him a nice package, a three year a three year deal, see your career out, lovely stuff. But Leicester held the cards for me because he he had a, he had a year left on his contract, and if we could not secure a number one goalkeeper as a replacement then we shouldn't have allowed him to go and it wasn't it was a money thing in terms of getting his wages off the wage bill because he was one of the highest earners but we received a nominal it was like a million pound we received so it's not like we had to sell him because we were being offered stupid money but you've lost a massive leader in that dressing room and a top, top class goalkeeper. And if he'd have been told, sorry, you're not going because we haven't found a replacement, I believe he would have been professional to the end. I mean, I, I saw him play in the uh, friendly against Sevilla before the season started and uh, the next day or two days later he left. So he was still willing to play friendlies. So he'd have been professional to the end. So look, Rogers has got to he's he's got he's got to look at himself here and think what can I do better and what fans of other clubs need to realise and look I'm not criticising anyone because you know I don't expect a West Ham fan to know the ins and outs of what's going on at Leicester the fact that he's falling out with Rogers is falling out with players the fact that this happens in games and and that we've got a very good goalkeeper in Daniel Everson that doesn't play I mean Wales are playing Belgium right now and Wayne Hennessy has started for Wales he's Forest reserve keeper and he's starting ahead of Danny Ward who's Leicester's number one that just tells you absolutely everything you need to know. Soyuncu, who can't get a game, and from what I've heard, up until maybe a couple of weeks ago, was refusing to train. Soyuncu's captain is the captain of Turkey tonight in their game. I can't remember who they're playing, but he's the captain. So it's not great, and. My concern is that if we lose to Forrest in a couple of weeks' time, he has to go because that stadium will turn nasty. It's already going to be a hostile game because we're playing Forrest for the first time in a Premier League fixture for 
um, 23 years. Um, we played them last season, obviously, in the FA Cup. It's already going to be a hostile, hostile atmosphere. It's on a Monday night. I have no idea why. I don't know what the Premier League are thinking there. Monday night, you know, it, all it takes is a, a couple of hundred fans from both sides to book the day off work and spend the day getting absolutely hammered. And by the time the game kicks off, oh man. And there's enough going on in Leicester at the minute. Oh, I mean, I won't go into that, but there's enough going on. And I honestly think it could turn very, very nasty. Now, look, if Rodgers has got credit in the bank with the owners, then that's fair enough. I get it. You know, win the FA Cup, two top six finishes, Europa Conference League semi-final. You know, Jamie Vardy's won the golden boot under Rodgers and he was able to do that because of the way that Rodgers played. You know, you know the wins that we've had against some of the big six, some of the football under Rodgers has been brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And... You know, there were times where there were times where people would look look at Leicester with envy and say, "Geez, I wish my club was like that." We've got this world class training ground. We've got this these amazing owners. We've got this very talented manager. We've got these talented players in Harvey Barnes and James Madison, Yuri Tillemans, Soyuncu. You know, he was in PFA Team of the Year in the nineteen twenty season. You know, Casper Smichael, Johnny Johnny Evans, you know, experienced pro, Wilfred and Diddy. But the, the reality is, is that, and actually Rogers is right in what he says, is that some of these players have hit their peak because some of them have had such bad injuries. They've come back and they're nowhere near the players they were. So what we're dealing with now is you've got James Justin, who just isn't the same player. Castagna has had no end of injuries. And Diddy just... Uh, I don't know. I mean, for me and Diddy, I honestly thought and Diddy could go for 70, 80, maybe even 90 million a couple of years back. He was that good. Now he just looks so off the pace because of his injuries. Harvey Barnes, the same. Vardy's obviously getting older. Johnny Evans, I, I know he plays and I know he puts his all in it and I know he's experienced, but he just doesn't seem to have it anymore to play at this level. The only shining light in this team at the moment is is um, is James Madison, who is just a superb, superb player. And his interview after the Spurs game um, <laughs> was almost heartbreaking in a way. And he, he, he spoke like someone way ahead of his years. Now, I've seen people say, oh, well, he's 25. He's not going to talk like a child. But he spoke like an experienced pro that has been there and done it for 20 seasons. He said that the the conceding from corners is so frustrating because the amount of hours that, that the team put in on the training ground, he says, you would not believe the effort and the work that goes in. He stuck up for Brendan Rodgers. He says it can't just be the manager. The players have to look at themselves as well. And he is right. He is right in that. Some of these players could do more. But ultimately, it does fall down on Rodgers, and he did say that himself. Now, that's him being, for me, that's him being uh, a leader, and that's him being a manager, and that's him taking the brunt of it. Now, despite 
the worst start of any Premier League team after seven games. Um, Leicester could still get out of this. You know, I know it's a different division, but this time last year, Nottingham Forest were bottom of the championship. Steve Cooper took over and they got promoted. I'd love nothing more than for Rodgers to, to turn it around. And and I said last season when people were calling for his head after the Forest game, I said, look, look at the amount of injuries that we've got, that we've had last season. The injuries were, were ridiculous. And some of that might fall on Rodgers because he overhauled the medical staff and coincidentally that overhaul of the medical staff saw us starting to get loads of injuries. But I, I said that I think I think Rogers, given what he's done, you know, the two top five finishes, the FA Cup, he deserves the chance to have a fully fit squad, some new signings, and we go again and we see if we can get back into the top six. But I think that was me being very, very naive. And I really hope he can turn it around. And obviously I want us to stay up. Because as much as I, I do like the championship, I believe we're a Premier League team. And and I want to see Premier League football week in, week out. I want to see the best young players come and sign for Leicester. And, and you know, we unearth these diamonds and then you know sell them on um and that sort of thing and and be involved in FA Cup runs and FA Cup finals and and battling for the top six it's what I want they and, and you know some people might say yeah but Leicester have been punching above their weight maybe they have but it doesn't mean that I should accept Leicester get relegated all of a sudden after finishing eighth last season, albeit that it was probably a little bit of a false position. The next five games to me are hugely, hugely important and they do look winnable. And that's weird for me to say, given that we've not won this season and all the rest of it that I've already spoken about. But they do look winnable and it has to start with beating Forest on the 3rd of October. Now, <laughs> history could repeat itself for for Rodgers because if we lose to Forest on the 3rd of October, I imagine he will be sacked on the 4th of October and that will be exactly seven years after he was sacked at Liverpool. So hopefully that's not a... Hopefully that's not history repeating itself because Rogers gets the sack if we lose to Forest and 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 honestly if we lose to Forest we are we are done we are absolutely done because they've they've not had a great start they've won a game and fair play to them but they've lost to their two teams that they were promoted with um, albeit Fulham have been amazing so far this season and Bournemouth have scraped together some results despite getting beat 9-0 the other week but you know they've not had a great start they've lost to some poor teams so if we then lose to them I think that is it that's that's it that that is it for Rodgers and that's probably it for Leicester and, that, and that's so weird for me to say after eight games so we shall see um, I'm trying to remain positive. 
I'm I'm doing a lot of self-deprecating when it comes to Leicester and saying, yeah, well, you know, we'll be in the championship next season. Uh, But honestly, I don't want to see it. Of course I don't. You don't want to see your team lose. Jesus. Even if you think, do you know what, us losing will get rid of this manager. Uh, No. We just can't. We can't lose to Forrest. It just can't happen. Uh. Oh, well. Hey, it's only a game, apparently. So there's no fixtures this weekend in the Premier League because we have internationals. It's an international break. And Gareth Southgate named his squad last week. And, you know, quite honestly, I think this is one of the poorest England squads I have seen for a long, long time. And I mean that from the sense of, not in terms of talent, because there's some uh, very talented players in the squad, but there are players in there that are just so out of form. And once again, you know, Southgate has, has clearly showed his intentions of how he how he aims to, to take this England team into the World Cup. And he's named something like 12 defenders. Now, he probably has to do that because the, the, the likelihood is that he's going to have to play a back three. There is no way he can play two centre-backs because the centre-backs that have been picked, other than probably Connor Cody and Eric Dyer, I don't see which ones are in form. Now, no disrespect to those two players, but you can't go into a World Cup with those two as your centre-backs. I don't know what Tamori's form's like because I don't watch that much Italian football. And uh, I'm not really sure what's happening with Gehi this season from Palace, uh, whether he's been as good as he was last season. But again, if you were to say they were informing, you were to pick those two. Between them, they have something like six caps. So what Southgate's likely to do is he's going he's gonna to go with experience. And his quotes from way back when he took the job, when he said that players will be picked on form, is now coming to bite him on the arse. Because amongst others, you know, he has picked Harry Maguire, who we don't think is in form, purely based on the fact that whenever he's played, United have lost. And whenever he hasn't played for United, United have won. Now, that could just be one of those weird coincidences. Uh, for me, Harry Maguire is a good footballer. I just, I just don't think it's it's. I don't think United is the right club for him, and I don't think he should have been made captain. That wasn't his fault. The price tag was ridiculous, but he's never really let England down. And and he was in the t- he was in the Euros team of the tournament, I believe. So he's never really let England down, actually. But you can't be going into a World Cup with players that aren't playing, in my opinion. Yet they might be fresher, but they're not in any sort of form. You know, Luke Shaw, by all accounts, it seems like he's getting himself fit, he's lost a bit of weight, but he's not playing. You know, Kyle Walker, not really seen a lot of him. I think he's been injured. You know, um, I mean, Calvin Phillips was called up, but I think he's since dropped out of the squad. Uh, not really played for Man City, but now he's injured. Uh, Mason Mount, 
he's just he's he's fell off he's fell off this the start of this season. And with it being a winter World Cup and with it only being you know a, a matter of weeks away, it's not like these these players have a have a good length of time to bring back any form. Declan Rice, I don't think he he's not pulling up the same trees as he was last season. And then you look at the forwards, Jared Bowen, not really done anything. Um, you know, Sterling has been okay. Uh, Ivan Tony has been great, but this is his England debut. You know, Tammy Abraham, by all accounts, is doing really well in Italy. Jack Grealish, I mean, the 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 jury's out on 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 Grealish. To be fair, I don't think he's in that Man City team for goals and assists because they've got other people that can do that for him. I never thought he was a number 10. I don't think he's a left winger. I'd have him more of a box-to-box, ball-carrying sort of player. And I think that's what what Pep does. I don't think he's expecting De Bruyne levels of goals and assists from Grealish. But when you bought for £100 million, that's what people are going to look at. So there's a lot of players in this England squad that just, I mean, Ben Chilwell has only just come back from a from a big injury. So, I really don't know what this England team is gonna gonna look like. I mean, for me, you're gonna have to go Reese James as as your left, uh, sorry, your right wing back. Probably Ben Chilwell as your left left wing back, and then potentially a back three of um, Trippier as your right-sided back three. I mean, Walker's played that position before. Uh, Maguire. And maybe John Stones. But again, he's been in and out of the Man City team. Midfield, you have to play Jude Bellingham. You know, okay, I don't watch German football every week, but the guy is unbelievable. Unbelievable. 19, he's... uh, Yeah. What a player. I would go with... I would go with Declan Rice... Um, as well, because I still think he's a good player. And because of the squad that that, um, that Southgate has picked, Mount probably will play. Me personally, I would play I would play Phil Foden in a number 10, or actually, and this isn't me, this genuinely isn't me being a biased Leicester fan. Yes, we may be bottom of the league, but James Madison has been absolutely amazing since for, for, for the best part of 12 months he had a poor start to last season and then I think it was October last se- last year he scored against against Brentford and he just went on from there and he's not stopped so um, I, I mean for me he, he, he's not going to get into the World Cup team uh, and he was asked about that after the game at the weekend and the end he said look Am I disappointed? Yeah, I'm disappointed, but honestly, it's uh, the front of my mind right now is trying to help Leicester. So, you know, fair play to him. Um, I mean, if you don't go, if you don't go chill well at left wing back, you can go Saka, I guess. I mean, Pickford's injured. So you're looking at, I, I personally would go with Nick Pope. I think he's had a really good start to, to life at Newcastle. Uh, Ramsdale and Henderson are the other goalkeepers. I, I I look at that squad, which I don't think will be wildly different to the one that actually goes to the World Cup, and I don't I don't see a World Cup winning team there. Um, now I can forgive the results in the summer with England because it was a, it was very much an experimental 
thing that Southgate did. Played three different systems over four different games. It didn't work. What you're going to see probably in these next two games against Italy and Germany is a lot more of, of what we expect to see at the World Cup. Um, I, 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 I just don't see... When, when I look at other squads, when I look at how... I mean, the Germans are always good. Uh, I look at Argentina and I look at Brazil. I just, I just don't see, I just don't see how we get anywhere near it. I mean, France and oh, bloody hell, France. Well, I mean, the, the the squad that they've got, the 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 players that won't make the France squad would get in the England squad. So it remains to be seen what happens uh, with these two games and what happens with the World Cup. Um, yeah, I, I just feel that he's really, ba- I think Southgate's really backed himself into a corner and it's probably, it's probably not helped with obviously the Euros being delayed by a year. So then actually you've had just over a year until the World Cup because there's players in there now that actually shouldn't be in this squad and there should be other players in this squad but he wouldn't want to take them to the World Cup because of the experience you know you look at someone like Harrison at at Leeds who's got a good goal and assist return far better than than Bowen this season and he's nowhere near that squad same Madison you know whereas if he'd have picked these players when they were in form uh, a year or so ago they would, you know, they would have had more of a chance. You know, Bowen got his, when he got his call up, he deserved it. You know, I'm not, I'm not just picking out him. So, yeah, it, uh, not much more to say really on on England. Um, not a lot of people like the international breaks. Um, it's come at a good time for, for me and for, for, for other Leicester fans. It's not, it's not been a bad thing, but I've, I'm cautiously optimistic about this, about this England team, about this World Cup that is that is coming up. Uh, I just think defensively we we look very very poor, and there's some very very talented players in that squad. Don't get me wrong. Sterling, Kane, Foden, Grealish, I think is 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 a great player. You know, Mount on his day, I, I, Mount is for me. I know a lot of people don't like him and they think he's one of Southgate's favourites. I I think he's a he's a very talented footballer. Jude Bellingham's clearly clearly going to be one of the best players this country ever produces if he if he's able to stay fit. So um, it remains to be seen as to as to what happens with with England over these next two games. Well, I think that's it for episode nine of Added Time. Thank you very much for listening and uh, thank you for your continued support. Again, it is very, very much appreciated. Uh, don't forget to check out Added Time on Twitter. That's at Added Football. Don't forget to check out the Instagram page as well. Uh, I'm not, need to be a bit more active on Instagram, I think. Uh, that's Added Time Pod. And the links to all the podcasts are in the link tree, which is in the bio on Twitter. Don't forget to check out the clubhouse hosted by Sonny G and go follow him on Twitter at Sonny G and all the other socials that he's got. And Finn is still chasing those platinums over on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash the Finn Steel. 
I'll be back next week where we will preview the Premier League fixtures coming up. Some really big ones coming up over that weekend. And we'll obviously have a look back at how England did during this international break. But for now, I've been Steve. This has been episode nine. I've added time and I will see you next time. <laughs>